Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 268 for August 16th, 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. And uh, Trevor couldn't make it tonight because he's dead to me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> very, <laughs> very dead to me. Yeah. You saw those pictures, did you? I didn't see anything. Okay. And maybe he emailed the, sh- the show. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. I'm not going to read anything. We're just going to keep going. He's dead. Did he? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. It All right. And our- Even if I did, I would probably just accidentally delete it. I don't know. I I say do it. It's like hanging up on him anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, we also have Brian, our temp, who I think we need a temp for our temp. What do you think? A temp for a temp? Yeah. Yeah, because he's not here either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're the most consistent host we have. You know that? You're awesome. And I have to show up early. Yeah, I know. It's a little late for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it's yeah. really early for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, why don't we do, uh, why don't we get onto the show here? All right. Uh, what you, we did, oof, let's try that again. What we did with guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Uh, they have the Magpul M-Lock bipods coming in soon in black and FDE, uh, and they Ooh. are uh, coming up quick. They'll be right around 150, which for uh, like a really good bipod is uh, pretty good. So mm-hmm. that'll be super interesting. Just don't bring it to a maple seed. Yeah, don't bring a bipod to the maple seed because they, they don't. It's cheating. They're yes, it bad. is. <laughs> you don't need one, though, Adriel. You don't. No, I don't need a bipod. No, I need don't. a sling. You know, USGI sling. Yes. Okay. Yeah, those we'll, help. Those we'll help a lot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, did you want to talk about what you did this week in guns? I did. Well, I haven't been here in like how long? Three weeks. Uh, you've been on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So last time I was here, did I talk about buying the Timini trigger or not? Yes. You said okay. you bought it. I'm not sure if you had installed it yet or okay. not. So installed it. That was really easy. Just drop it in. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, then I went and took it out to uh, Corey Johnson's place. So Corey, uh, we call it the Johnson Ranch. And uh, we were able to shoot steel. And we went out to 300 meters. It was awesome. So we were able to just go out. I was able to try it out. I didn't really get that much uh, that much time on it. But uh, I was able to actually go and shoot it. It was 295. I lied. It wasn't 300 meters. It was <laughs> five meters <laughs> it uh, matters but, when you're shooting 22 yes so it was awesome thank you Corey. i love you uh even though he says that i'm dead to him i don't know it has something to do with coffee i don't know anyways 
so we did that. It was awesome. And then I packed it up and brought it uh, with me on our maple seed journey across the country. But before we get to that, I also wanted to talk about the new Safari Land holster that I got from my CZ because the other holster that I bought from Trevor, I'm afraid that the CZ is going to just fall right out of it. So I was able to buy a new one that got shipped up. Uh, it got uh, shipped up from the U.S., by our friend Miss Stacy. So it was awesome. I still haven't uh, used it yet because of the fact that I haven't gotten to the range because for the last week and a half, we've been doing a cross country tour. So we put 10,000 kilometers on Kevin's Jeep. <laughs> Going a trailer. Anyways. So uh, yeah, we project Maple Seed, we packed up the project Maple Seed trailer and we headed out to Alberta and we also hit Saskatchewan and Manitoba. What we did was I drove out to um, Meaford, uh, which is about, it took me five hours on a Friday night, stayed there on Friday night and picked up Greg, uh, Greg May, one of our instructors in training. Uh, we headed out at 4.30 in the morning uh, and met up with Stacy along the way uh, at uh, Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, she met us there. And then we traveled out to Alberta. So what we did was we traveled for 40 hours straight. We took turns sleeping and driving. So it was... A pretty epic drive, uh, and we were in the same clothes for two days. We were pretty stinky by the time we got to Civil Flats. Civil Flats is just outside of Calgary. Um, yeah. So the place that we were camping, it was this provincial park, Civil Falls, or Flats Provincial Park. We thought it'd be great. It'd have showers, everything. No. So we were pretty stinky from the drive, and we continued to be stinky uh, because there was no showers, no nothing, no running water. So it was awesome. Um we set up at the BTSA, which is the Buffalo Target Shooters Association, uh, the next morning that we uh, got there. And we set up for a Maple Seed event. It was awesome. I got to meet Jason Phelps and his family. Uh, the girls were fantastic, uh, but I was really impressed with his wife as well. She she had really limited shooting experience, and she her the gains she made at Maple Seed were really impressive and she actually had a really good um, positive attitude as well. So it just made, it was fun. So it was really good to hang out with her and, and the girls and I had a great time um, that night. Uh, so that was on, so we had, that was the Monday. Yeah. So Monday uh, we hung out with Annika and Nolan from uh, Matador Arms. We had dinner with them. It was really cool to meet Annika. I've, hadn't met her before everybody else had met her I think Matthew hasn't though anyways and Nolan Nolan helped us out with also with the, uh getting into the BTSA range so it was really they're really really nice people I like them so in their honor I'm wearing their hat tonight uh what else um we went in so we were after uh BTSA we did we were going to go up and see you and at in Edmonton or the Chaz range, but we took the scenic route. We went to Bant first and we hung out there and then we did meet you, Adriel up at Chaz and we set up the night before. Uh, I got to work with Carson at the event. It's probably one of the best days I've ever had at a range. It was awesome. Uh, I just wanted, especially Adriel, you've been working a lot with him and he's a really, really good shooter. He's, and he's also fun to hang out with. He has your sense of humor. So it was really good. <laughs> Warped. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little warped, but he—he's a really cool kid to hang out with. I had so much fun with him. Uh, I try to uh, like—he's ten, so he—he 
he doesn't really have the strength to do the standing um, and a try to variety of things to keep him in, engaged and interested. So we had zombie targets like the uh, zombie turkey. Uh, we did, uh, he shot gophers, paper gophers targets. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah. He, he did really well with shooting at the gophers so much that he, uh, we broke the, uh, the wire a few times. So, And <laughs> you know what? I have to give you props for that because you were shooting right beside him and he'd shoot the wire and you were shooting an MQT and you didn't, it didn't even phase you. So we use wire on the top of our, um, uh, our target line to, to, it's easy to add our backers to it. So yeah. Yeah. So Anyways. like for, for, for those of you who haven't been to one, they've got like wire that goes all across and they like hang the targets in between like a whole pile of them. So you guys are ready to rock and roll. Like you don't need anything. It could be like an nope. open field and you can be like, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's essentially it. We're like, we're good. We can go and roll into it. We, we bring our trailer, we roll up and it's you, we open the trailer and everything comes out and we can, we can set up target. It's, it was, it's awesome. It's, it's like, like a well-oiled machine. Like I was like, can I help with this or with that? No. I was like, nope. <laughs> Get out of my way. <laughs> we well, are was, a machine. You are in the way right now. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at the events on Eventbrite, how many we've had so far. It's 65. That's how many it, that we've had in the past. So after, if you haven't gotten it down pat by 65, well, you know what? You, there's no hope for you. So I think, I think we have it pretty much. Yeah. We got to figure it out. So. There's other there's other ranges that we've gone to that have had their own target line that we've actually incorporated our stuff into as well. Like for example, Saskatoon, when we went there, they, that's what they had. It was probably Sask- Saskatoon was probably the easiest setup we've ever had as well. So, anyways, uh, oh. I wanted to say thank you to Carson as well because he uh, he drew everybody pictures and as a little thank you and he gave me mine and it said thank you for training me for ten hours today. <laughs> <laughs> accurate, very accurate. <laughs> yes, is accurate, uh, and it's true. He was on the line for ten hours, so you know what? That's awesome. And I do know that you were thinking about. Um, getting him into maple seed and maybe it'd help him with being interested in three gun. I think you are going to see him in three gun next year. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to um, uh, take him out to the range and, uh, and shoot more MQTs. Yep. Um, he'll, he'll again, like you mentioned there, he'll need the upper body strength to shoot standing uh, before right. he gets into that. But uh, um, prone, uh, he was hitting the target. He's, prone. He's awesome. But you know what he liked the most? He likes seated most. Yeah, yeah, he definitely likes seated there. Bend- Maybe it's like more he's comfortable. Right? Yeah, he, he's comfortable, but he, in it, he's more bendy, more flexible, and he can see the target a little easier. I think so. We mm. switched it. Uh, so originally, you brought the marlin for him, right? Yep, yep. And we switched that out because the length of pull on it was too long. So. What we did was we had a youth stock, uh, it had the collapsible um, buttstock on it. So we uh, had a 1022 uh, with a short barrel and we switched that up for it. And it fit him perfectly. It was hidden. You can hit anything. He was, he was awesome. So I really wanted to say thank you for that, by the way, allowing me to work with him. And now also, I've got a red dot on it. Oh, do eh? you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah just for like ease of use right because yeah. uh one of the things we might do it's a little bit late this year but uh next year i would really like to take him out gopher hunting because uh yep. by his age 
I would, I like at, at 10 years old, I would have a 22 and a pocket full of rounds and I would be out in the, my grandpa's farm, uh, shooting gophers shooting on my own. So, yeah. So, uh, I don't like, I'm probably not going to expect that from him, but, uh, I would really like if he could come with me and do it once or yep. twice or more if he likes. Right. Cause well, uh, he was shooting paper ones and he was doing pretty good. So yeah, yeah. I think he's ready. Uh, what else? Oh, we traveled to Saskatoon. Uh, so we wrapped up in Cha- at Chaz, and then we went out to your place. And by the way, I appreciate it because we were able to have showers at your place. Like, that's where- <laughs> <laughs> you guys' uh, uh, expectations are very low here. It's like, woo! Showers? showers? Whoa! Yeah. Hence, hence. <laughs> yeah. And we also had AC in the room, so thank you. Appreciate that. It was it was good too, uh, and so, like, had to for, sleep on. For people from Ontario that probably sounds really weird, but in Alberta, people do not have AC. It is like, yeah. uh, if you maybe if you have a new home, some of the new homes come with AC. But if you have like a, a a home that's like more than ten years old, it's very rare for you to have AC because we only have like a week or two when you actually need to run it. Right, and it's so dry compared mm-hmm. to in Ontario, where it's like. Uh, like anybody with curly hair's worst nightmare. So mine, I wear a hat, right? Anyways, so I appreciate the AC because it was hot. It was in the upper thirties. Pretty hot. Yep. Yeah. Kind of smoky from the yep. uh, BC wildfire. Yeah, it was yep. smoky. We didn't. We thought that the wildfires were in Alberta, but no, they were in BC. I'm going. Holy crap. Yep. All right. So we finished up with you. Uh, with Chaz, but we went back to your place and then the morning, the next morning we set off for Saskatoon. So we got to Saskatoon. Um, I think we got there about six, five or six. We set up at the, so we were at the Saskatoon Wildlife Federation range, by the way, that's the most amazing range ever. Isn't it uh, sweet? Oh, it's like, <laughs> and Kevin would say, it's like, they have raptor gates and everything. <laughs> it was I'm going, what? That's <laughs> true. Everything's electronic, you know, the gates. Anyways, it was, it's a beautiful facility. And that's where you had Prairie Fire this year, right? But you and last go. year. Yeah. And last year was there too? Yeah, I was there last year for Prairie yeah, Fire. It is a beautiful range. Anyways, it was probably the easiest setup as well for our Maple Seed. So. It took us like five minutes to set up and that was it. So once we were done that, we went and we stayed in this RV park. This isn't really guns, but I have to talk about it. Anyways, we stayed in this RV park that was right beside the highway. So all the trucks, like the major, the Trans-Canada Highway, we heard those all night. And we also got to um, hang out with all of our IITs as well. They came over. They practiced some of their points of instruction. It was awesome. We had ordered pizza, got it delivered. Uh, we didn't have showers because of the fact that they were even grosser than, I don't know. They were pretty gross. Anyways. So oh, this sounds, this sounds like horrible. It was you guys got 20, like what? It two was, good showers on the whole trip. Yeah. So, oh. so it was $26 and there's a reason why it was only $26. It was horrible. Anyways. So they're not getting any good ratings from me. Um, so the next day we went to Saskatoon. It was incredibly hot. It was 38 degrees. It was sunny. Um, everybody rocked it, though. There's some really, really good people. And by the way, every time that we went to one of these events, there were people that uh, that uh, listen to the show or watch the show. Depends on what mm. it is. Uh, and so I was giving out swag to everybody, and they all really, really appreciated it. So cool. anyways, yeah, I'm in the shadows. So I'm going to list them all. 
All right. So when we were done at Saskatoon, what we did was we packed everything up into the trailer and we got out of there. And the reason that we got out of there, we don't usually we'll have dinner with our ITs, we'll decompress and different things like that. But we didn't. We got it right on the road because of the fact that we had to get to Winnipeg because we had another shoot the next morning in Winnipeg. So nine hours drive to Winnipeg, by the way. <laughs> so you're Greg, Greg's just mentioning in the in the YouTube comments here. You're not really selling the whole life of a maple seed instructor thing, Kelly. <laughs> Greg, gotta admit, it was epic though, right? It was epic. Um, we got in the car, we drove for nine hours, we arrived at 4:30 in the morning at uh, the range. We didn't set up a place to stay or anything because of the fact that we knew that we'd be driving overnight. So we parked in the parking lot. And as I said, we arrived at four 30 at 6 AM. Uh, the guy that was meeting us for the range to have a setup met us. So we got an hour and a half sleep and then we did our event in Winnipeg and it was probably the best event we've ever had. Anyways, <laughs> just saying. Now, was uh, it the best <laughs> event because it was the best event or the best because you were so sleep deprived? You're like, oh, wow, everything's awesome. Yeah, that's best? it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really, really good. It was fun. We had a great time. And I think that's probably because of it, too. We were a little sleep deprived. We were a little punch drunk. So, <laughs> it, but it was fun. Uh, the guy that helped set us up at the range and also was our range contact, he was a pretty amazing guy, Brendan. And uh, he stuck around for the whole entire day because of the fact that there was only Stacy, myself and, and Greg, I was running the line or did that for most of the day. Stacy was a shoot boss and Greg was our RSO. So Brendan, he actually helped us out with RSOing. He just, he just put himself right in there and he also brought us coffee and, and, and muffins. And it was, he was a really, really great guy. We gave him some prizes or some gifts and that to say thank you. Hey, at, at Chaz, we brought coffee. Two people brought. I a, know. A big 12 you coffee. know what? We were ranking you guys. Chaz was a close. Uh, Chaz and Winnipeg. Well, actually, mm. Saskatoon. So it was. Well, anyways, they were all really good ranges. But you know what? Chaz did bring us coffee as well. So it was awesome. Uh, yeah. And donuts, too. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did the event in Winnipeg. Great, great, great time. Uh, as I said, we had some real hardcore listeners there too. Uh, but once we were done in Winnipeg, it was kind of like, oh my God, we're all done. Now what? So we went into Winnipeg and we had, we booked, uh, we went into a hotel, uh, got a really, really good deal, like a hundred bucks off the, for the night at the room. Anyways, so we all had showers at that point. It was like the best shower we've ever had in our entire life. Um, and then we went out to dinner. We went out to dinner with some of the participants from the Maple Seed shoots, some of the fans from the show, because guess what? There's somebody else in Winnipeg at the same time. Trevor. Trevor had made it to town because of the Ipsic Nationals. So we were bugging him mm-hmm. saying, let's go out to dinner. Let's go and have a pub night. So we went and picked him up and we went to a place, uh, King's head. Yeah. King's head on King and had a really, really good dinner, some drinks, by the way, there's this new stuff called ginger cider. It's my new favorite drink. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's, it's going to replace, I think for Trevor ginger beer. Anyways, Hmm. just saying. And that's it for events. We basically, we got up at nine o'clock the next morning and we made the journey back home, started started the journey back home. So we actually, it was 8.30, we left Winnipeg, and I arrived in my house at 6 p.m. the next day. 
So again, and then uh, and then you went immediately to work. <laughs> yeah, well, I arrived at home at six p.m., got my stuff put away, put some laundry on, I went to bed at eleven, twelve o'clock at night, and got up and went to work the next day. I did not want to go to work. Brutal, brutal. <laughs> yeah, but it was yeah. As Greg's not saying he's, I'm not really selling it, but it was really, really fun. And we had a really, really good time from the point of view of there was lots of, you know, downtime. We could talk about things, different things. Um, and I think that by the time we were done with it, we had people, like we had a couple of IITs that went and did the whole entire trip with us. So um, Ryan B. Tamps was one of them. And he started off with not doing an event uh, at all have, has never done one. And then by the end of it, he was calling the line and he was doing more advanced uh, points of instruction as well. And then our go-to guy, uh, Greg, who's been to many, 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 many events, almost all of them. He, uh, he rocked it. Like he was calling the line. He was, he was pretty much able to do all of the, um, all of the points of instruction. So we know that what we do know is that, were the people that were at the events for instructors were going to leave uh, those different provinces, whether it's Alberta, Saskatchewan, or Manitoba, in really, really good hands with those people. And we were able to actually bring on board a few new instructors as well. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very happy about that. So, yeah, that's me. That's everything that I did, kind of, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, lost, I lost my mind because I went. Across think, the country. Across the country. 10,000, did Driving. I say? Yeah, 10,000 kilometers on the nose, basically. I should have rented a car. <laughs> it would be cheaper to rent a car and put the miles on it and put yeah. it on your Anyway, as soon as I got home, I had to give uh, the Jeep a... So the day before we left, the Jeep got an oil change. The day that we came back, Jeep got an oil change, and it was 5,000 kilometers over the 5,000 mark. So 10,000 right on the nose. Well, if you put yeah. if you put synthetic in it, it'll do 10. Anyways, yeah. yep. that's not good So that's stuff. me. Hey, Adriel, what about you? Oh, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, that stuff and more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I think I mentioned the maple seed because uh, that was on the Wednesday and Slamfire was on the Thursday. So I definitely talked about uh, maple seed last time. Definitely mm -hmm. talked about uh, that bit, getting the instructor in training and uh, getting on with you guys there. Um, let's see. I shot a three gun on Saturday. I DQ'd mm. and uh, yeah, my Glock. Uh, what happened? I was okay. I was shooting from inside a car. Okay. I got out. Uh, I dumped my rifle. I went and did some shotgun stuff. And as I was running back to dump my shotgun and go to my pistol, my pistol was sitting on the ground. Oops. It was unloaded, but uh, it's still a disqualification. And, uh, and I was fine with it. You know what? Like I saw it and I'm like, Oh, well, I guess I'm going to be your RO for the uh, rest of the day. <laughs> and uh, it's funny. I can't find that holster anymore. It uh, it disappeared. It's, oh. uh, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. So I'll need another Glock uh, holster. Or maybe I'll go to my Shadow 2 and just start running it. But uh, my Glock holster is uh, is MIA now. Weird. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I RO'd for the rest of the match. It was a fantastic match. Our, our ROs are designing... Such creative stages, such good yeah. stages. Um, they are not mailing it in when it comes to stage design. Uh, I think if you were to uh, to see a video of one of our stages, any one of our stages, you'd be like, "Wow, that's uh, 
that's that's a little bit weird. That's a little bit unique. And, uh, and when you put them all together, you're like, oh, this is a monthly match. What are you guys doing? <laughs> we had a. Let's see. Uh, uh, a shotgun, uh, which is like, OK, it's shotgun. It's just shotgun. It's a field. There's nothing. There's no features. Uh, you had to climb a roof, go underneath a limbo ladder thing. Not actually limbo on it, but go under it. I was wondering. And then shoot from a balance beam for the whole thing. So that was interesting. Uh, that was actually something we lifted from the uh, BC shoot. Um, the 25 had a... Uh, a re- <laughs> it was a day at the arcade. There were ducks you had to shoot, like uh, cardboard ducks with your rifle. There was... Yeah. Or there was bowling. So we had a bunch of clays in like a bowling pattern and you had to only fire three balls at the uh, at the uh, the clays and any more shots would be a, a procedural. Cool. Right? So you had to basically back up and let your pattern do the work. Uh, there was a couple of other ones on that stage. The next stage after that, we had a lawn tractor that was uh, working as a bush winch to pull. You were sitting on a wagon which had a three gun sled on it and you were being pulled backward. And as you were being pulled backward, you could see targets like appearing to your right and left and you have to shoot them with the right, right uh, uh, firearm and then dump your firearm and go to the next one. So that was crazy. Uh, and then the 100 was crazy. And then the long, like the, my long range stage with um, a car a guy, like a little cardboard guy, you had to shoot through a car and then some long range targets out to 300 meters was the tamest stage by far. And uh, that just goes to show like how weird and creative the guys are getting with the stage designs that we're doing at, uh, at Chaz now. So they're getting fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're yeah. almost like they're, they're trying to one up each other. Yeah. And uh, as you can tell, because it's getting real, real weird and uh, really creative. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's not a standard three gun match by any, by any means. And uh, I but like it's it. Fun. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the the premier three gun matches in the States is called hard as hell. And it's something that actually last week, Ken Nelson was uh, uh, the match director for, and they have a bunch of weird stuff going on. They have like one of the, I can't remember if it was that one. Um, Some of the three gun matches in the States. So keep in mind, three gun is not Ipsic. It's very different. The the mentality of it is that, um, they're going to do some real weird stuff. Some of it is like stuff you've never done before in Ipsic. They have like a lot of like shooters and movers and that kind of thing. Yep. Um, uh, but in th- they would never uh, put you on a roller coaster. Uh, that was like homemade. <laughs> they would never put you on a zip line, <laughs> make you fire as you're going down a zip line, but they would do that in three gun. <laughs> that's very normal. And that's, uh, that's really? kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That those would be uh, features that would, uh, that would fit right so into the three. I have match. a question. Mm-hmm. When are you getting the bucking bronco? <laughs> uh, it'll have to be next year. The yeah. next match, uh, the stage that I'm going to be helping on is going to have, you know, those platforms that vibrate that like um, you're supposed to like lose weight from vibration. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, that's going to be a tank and you're going to be firing from it. You're going to be trying to fire a rifle from a vibrating like <laughs> tank. <laughs> So Bucking Broncos coming soon, but uh, <laughs> we're going to do that one first. Um, yeah. And that's like, that's one of the stages and the other ones are, are weird and uh, creative as well. So uh, super interesting stuff. Um, definitely stuff that, uh, that I like to see because I, I appreciate the skill and the ability to uh, 
do three gun to draw the fi- the different firearms to use them to the to their best ability. The complexity of shooting a stage that has all three firearms and t- different targets of uh, they have need need to shoot with different firearms. But uh, I also appreciate these uh, these little twists that make for for really unique shoot, uh, shoots and uh, and really re- unique stage designs. Okay, yeah. how was Saturday? Uh, yep. Sunday was our historical shoot. So um, this is this was something that it was kind of like one of the one of my pet pro- projects. I wanted to have something that was like a three gun, but someone with like nothing could shoot it. So I was imagining uh, what I started out with. I started out with a, an SKS and a Nork 45. Uh, so I said, OK, well, maybe it's a historical shoot. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll give people points for shooting old stuff. And, uh, and that's the, that, that was the historical two guns. So no shotgun, because, uh, as soon as you introduce a shotgun, you need shot shell carriers. And it is a huge advantage to have the dual and the quad loads for, for shot shells. So, uh, there's just two gun, just pistol rifle. And, uh, you got extra points for using an older gun, but if you didn't want to compete in that division, you could compete modern and shoot whatever the heck you wanted to. Right. So, uh, we did that. It rained the whole time. <laughs> it rained the whole time. Uh, but it was still really, really interesting because uh, you saw what different people you tried to do to game it or to go like real authentic and, and original. So so some people had like the original uh, M1 Garand bandoliers and some people had uh, like one of the I had one of these as well. The Chinese uh, chest rig for the uh, stripper clips for the SKS. And uh, uh, some people had like uh, number five uh, Enfield uh, jungle carbines out there and all sorts of crazy stuff uh, um, that you wouldn't normally compete with. And and it was really interesting to see people competing with it and being like fighting with, you know, a, a, a firearm from World War One <laughs> work. <laughs> why want I want to feed? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it was interesting also to see the difference between modern and uh semi-automatic historical because uh they trounced us so badly uh if if you shot like an ar-15 and a regular pistol you would like beat the guy with the sks like so bad the time difference was was incredible uh but uh yeah anyways really cool shoot um something that i really wanted to do next year i think i'll cut the pistol out and just do the rifle because while the pistol was interesting it wasn't different enough shooting okay. the historical rifles was like way different it was okay. it was like so so different so i think next year i might do like a red october kind oh, of thing okay. world yeah. war one world war two rifles all rifle targets oh it was so fun it was so fun using iron sights on an old uh, sks or a mosin or something like that shooting paper and shooting like really weird arrays and that kind of thing we're definitely like that was definitely the the uh, for me the unique part of the uh the match all right how many yeah. people participated? We didn't have it, it was raining the whole day so we only had 20 people come out. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's still not bad and everybody had fun, right? And we had some new people who hadn't shot uh three gun or t- or two gun before, so this was like an intro for them to uh to competitive shooting and uh I think they, you know, had fun and uh didn't use a lot of money because SKS ammo is so cheap. <laughs> and, I'm, uh, and I'm sure that other people at other people will use their guns too, right? Oh yeah, my uh, my nineteen eleven was used by three other people, awesome. and uh, my SKS was used by one other person. And I think everyone else everyone else had like a historical like rifle, 
the okay. rifle part was easy. Everyone's easy. got an SKS or a Mosin right. or a P14 or a 303 or something like that. So right. everyone's got that part. It was the pistol that fewer people had. So uh, to make it more inclusive and to focus on that historical rifle aspect next year, I think would uh, would be really interesting. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. I think so too. Yeah, it, 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 like loading stripper clips on the move was like <laughs> so hard. <laughs> All right, I have a question for you. Are you yeah. going to handicap people? So if people have something that's a little bit more modern, you're going to handicap them so that the people that are... Shooting. I did, I did. So oh, okay. the, the scoring system I used was years of the design oh, that's right. out of date yeah. minus, your, uh, minus your stage times. And that would give you a points at the end, right? So one of the guys who won historical bolt didn't get the fastest time, but they were running a P14, which is okay. like a, a really old design, right? So right. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we gave people a bonus for using like ever older uh, firearms. And uh, it was very cool. I think for the next one, we'll just say like World War One, World War Two, and call it a day. Right. And uh, maybe Cold War, maybe Cold War. I think Cold War would be fine as long as it's not an AR-based thing because wow. uh, for those, you can get LAR mags and that kind of thing. And those are a huge advantage. Our reloading was super yeah. slow. One of the interesting things from running like a, a bolt action was it was actually a much better idea to just shoot alphas and then not have to reload as much because reloading a Mosin from a, from a five-round stripper clip is a total pain in the butt and takes so long. <laughs> It, it with a with an air 15 you just you double tap everything you don't even think right. about it but with a mosin it's like mm, no take your time and take aim time. for that shot yeah <laughs> get your alphas and uh and don't Move shoot on. twice on the target because that, that, <laughs> that costs way too much time <laughs> right yeah uh let's see got a 244 instead of a 243 on the mqt yeah you did neat cool. yeah so you know what that you know what that means no i don't further breaking rides yes Yes. Yeah, because 244, right? There's only six more points. And you did it with a bolt action too. So I don't yeah. I think that your your score is pretty safe. Bolt action Narinko. Yes. Bolt action Narinko, <laughs> I thought. Did you bang it on the ground a little bit and spit on it beforehand? <laughs> I need some lube, I just spit in the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, treat it dirty and call it name. All right. Uh, <laughs> like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I set up the uh, Marlin 795 with a red dot. Yes. So now it's wearing this uh, this Vortex uh, red dot. And uh, I'm going to need to pat up the uh, the rear here. But uh, uh, I kind of like it. It's kind of interesting. And hmm. uh, I'm going to see whether or not. Whoop. Oops banging every everything here i'm gonna see whether or not carson can shoot this uh and hit the target more because it should be easier right just with a dot. A dot. yeah yeah it should be easier than a scope because you don't have to deal with the eye relief no. um i've got a uh, cheek rest uh on the way in uh so okay. once i've got that and this so it should be good to go for practical kind of stuff right right that would be awesome accuracy but right that would be awesome for steel challenge Oh yeah, it would be. Oh, there's a steel challenge in Calgary. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I might just use this for that. I wonder if they have a youth division. They hmm. probably, probably do. Hmm. Something to think about. Something yep. to think about. 
Yeah, because you were there for the charity shoot steel challenge, right? You- yes, I've shot a steel challenge now. Uh, yes, the, the rimfire the rifles, rifles are very good. Yes, they, <laughs> they pretty much kicked anybody with I need a compensator on that, though, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Nope. It is not strictly required. It's no. just more of a gamer thing, really. Yeah. Um, I am considering uh, a pump 20 gauge or a pump 410 for my boy. Right now, I've got a semi 20 that I've chopped the stock mm. on, but the barrel is still 26 inches long, so that's, it's huge. Yeah. It's heavy on the front, and that's bigger uh, than he is. Yeah. yeah, Mossberg makes a super bantam that has an adjustable length of pull stock and an 18 and a half inch barrel. <laughs> but Mossberg, the, here's the weird part. Because I'm I'm trying to use it for something that like it does not exist in their lexicon. It's like yeah. a super bantam, uh, but also for three gun. It's like, well, uh, no, you can't. Like, there are no extension tubes for this thing. <laughs> you want an extension tube for a four ten? It's like, no, <laughs> we don't make them. <laughs> hmm. So uh, I don't know what to do for that. So twenty. Uh, so what do they have for twenty that would fit them? They've got the same thing. They got super bantam, um, and they got the same capacity. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Fabrication? Just asking. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll take them into Cabela's or something like that, and we'll take a look at one of those super bantams and see if it fits better. Because uh, while I chopped an inch off the length of pull of this uh, this other twenty gauge I have, it's mm-hmm. still got a super long barrel, and right. uh, and that's the like I would pay two hundred dollars to have the barrel on that one cut and then tapped well, and wondering. whatnot, and then it's still a Pardis. So well, then what? What happens if it jams up and it breaks? Well, I'm out the extra $200, right? So yeah. um, I might, yeah, I might just get that smaller one. If I can get one used, that'd be fantastic. So yeah, take a look for, take a look around for a, a used Super Bantam in 20 gauge or 410 with chokes because without chokes is crazy. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I wanted to shamelessly plug that I have guns for very right. much. And, uh, I need to move. All right. Uh, it's shameless plug. Okay. Uh, SAR. I know I wrote that. I don't even think that's right. Um, it's the Filipino uh, 1911s. Okay. Wolverine sells. I don't think it's SAR. Yeah. I think it's something else. Anyways, I have one of their 1911s in 45 ACP. I have an XDM in 45 ACP, and I have a Savage 10TR in an MDT mm. stock. And there was something else that I'm not remembering. A Glock 17 Gen 3 <laughs> also in my safe that uh, I'm not using. I had the Glock 17 because I know Matthew was coming uh, coming over here to uh, uh, teach that course. And I wanted to be able to have a, a pistol form. Uh, and uh, that's available. Trevor is uh, joining in here. Trevor, dead to me for a lot, says that uh, his Tang Foglio Limited Custom Extreme 40 Smith & Wesson is for sale. 7 megs and a Blade Tech holster. Doesn't have a price there. Sam. Yes. Andrew, thank you. It's a yeah. Sam 1911. In so I'm not selling any guns, by the way, everybody. So. Oh, I am. Actually, I am. Still going to mm. sell that uh, BR99. Anyways. Ah, there you go. If you're interested in one of the guns we're <laughs> selling, uh, email us at <laughs> slamfireradio at gmail.com. <laughs> Hi, Trevor. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll sell some guns. Yeah, why not? I need to make some room. I got, I, I got to make some room because uh, I'm talking now about a pump 20 or a pump 410 or something like that. It's like that safe needs room in it. I gotta, I gotta clear some stuff out. So, and I kind of want one of those 
but uh yeah yeah i want one of those ar-10s oh the okay. non-restricted one yep yep the stag arms 10s yeah i will have one i will have one okay all right uh, upcoming events. Um, I like this, so I change this over here. For three gun events across Canada, visit threegun.ca. Done. Yay. Uh, for Maple Seed <laughs> events, check out mapleseedrifleman.com. Yay. We're going to uh, be posting stuff soon. So I was talking to someone uh, last week who was in the Hamilton region, and I'm like, oh, you should go to a Maple Seed. They're in your neck of the woods. This would be easy for you. <laughs> Uh, Hamilton, not so much, but we're working on it. So close enough. Come on, how far okay. of a drive is that? Well, it's not forty hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're no for them to go to one of your events, right? Hamilton is probably an hour and a half. Big deal. No right. problem. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, why don't we go on to the uh, main topic? All right. <laughs> And welcome to the show, Zach from True North Arms. Welcome, Zach. Hey, it's good to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about, uh, just for our listeners and, uh, and some of our, our viewers here, how did you get started with True North Arms? Um, a couple of years ago, a friend of, me, a friend of mine uh, said to me, hey, Zach, it's hard to get AR-15 parts, and uh, I've got a source. Why don't, we, why don't we get into that? And I looked, and indeed, it is hard to find AR-15 parts in Canada. And um, in general, as a... You know, occasional gun shopper, I found it's difficult to navigate online websites with uh, gun shops in Canada, uh, although maybe that's improved over the last couple of years. So um, we got started in, um, I believe, April 28th, 2016. Um, that's how we got started. Um, but, but, and since then, we've uh, grown a great store. There's about 1,500 SKUs. That means 1,500 unique products. Uh, we focus on the AR-15 parts, tools, and accessories. And then secondly, there's some SKS bits and pieces. And then thirdly, there's silly things like stickers and t-shirts that are just for fun. <laughs> Actually, I've got some of the uh, the RCMP guy stickers from you guys. I had to. I was like, I was looking for an excuse to make an order just to get the stickers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard not to. And um, I mean, I my philosophy with the store is just to make a store that I would want to shop at. So that's why we have silly things. And I made a very simple, um, I think very simple website. That's even easy to navigate and easy to find the things you want and uh, friendly service and so forth. Yeah, totally. And your descriptions on the products are hilarious too. They're, uh, upfront candid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, good. I mean, that's just how we are, I guess. And, um, uh, we, we let our personality come through in the page so that people can see that we're real people. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, AR parts. Uh, what kind of AR parts can you get there? By the way, I've I've bought from your store at least a couple of times, probably two or three at least. Um, what kind of parts can you get there? Um, well, I guess we started with the basic slower parts kits and the individual parts that come out of that kit. Um, then we slowly got into. Let's see, what else we we started with uh, the Chineseium. I'll be frank, it's Chineseium, but it's great stuff. It's high value. We te- we tested everything to make sure it was decent, so we started with that because it was cheap. You know, low capital to get into, easy to buy it. If you want to start with name brand stuff, it's harder to get into the distributors. They won't necessarily sell to just anybody with a crappy little website. Uh, as we've come along, we've added a lot more name brands, a lot of American stuff, um, and obviously more variety of parts. So the the barrels, receivers. Uh, a little bit of the control part, the lower receiver, um, and even some unusual tools like uh, it's hard to find go-no-go gauges. So we've brought, brought in uh, go-no-go gauges. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's basically the gauge that you you can drop it into the chamber and you close the bolt on it. And it'll tell you if your headspace is correct or not. 
or within spec. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, for as many people that sell AR barrels and AR bolts, it's it's actually kind of hard to find a go-no gauge set. I mean, you can get one from Brownells, but then you got to ship it over and you got to deal with the shipping and you got to deal with the tax and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. So by uh, by focusing on AR-15 parts is the primary thing. We've been able to go very deep into that and try to have a complete ecosystem. And we're not, not of course, nothing is complete. We're always tr- trying to add to it. And we have many more uh, high-grade American name brands that we want to add into it. But uh, we were growing all the time. And I've got just bins and bins of new products that have to be added onto the store. And Totally. Uh, um, you know, we, we think about, oh, should we add Glocks? But no, you don't really have to because we can just we can go much, much deeper with AR parts, I think. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, that's probably one of the strengths you guys had when you were getting into the SLRs because uh, your uh, SLR build uh, page there, like how to build an SLR is super complete and it links to all this different stuff that you can buy right from your store there, right? So someone gets a receiver and then they just like pick and choose the Legos that they need to bolt onto their <laughs> rifle to complete it, right? Good, good. I'm glad somebody read it. I didn't, nobody's ever told me they read it. So uh, that's, I'm glad to hear that. Thank oh, you. totally. Yeah. I mean, for, and, and I, I don't know, you, you have your own website analytics, but uh, uh, super interesting, super, like I've, I've built a couple of ARs, so I'm probably not the, the target demographic. You're probably aiming for someone who hasn't built an AR before and needs to know what parts and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, really interesting. And I think a really great way of, uh, of, of providing some value on how to build a, an AR and uh, some of the different parts you need to, to pick up to, to make one, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I didn't come into it with a grand strategy, but we just tried to respond to the questions that come in. And uh, a lot of people are asking, hey, what do I need? What do I need? So uh, instead of telling 10 different people 10 times, I'll make one website or one web page, one article to uh, just lay all the questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, ARs are, are uh, really fun. <laughs> they're, they're really modular, really fun, fantastic platform. Uh, I'm glad to see the the Mackie B uh, SLR out there, the WK180. Um, and I think your like stores like yours are going to get more and more popular as uh, as people are looking for parts for those platforms out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the AR and and the associated modular rifles that use the parts, it's uh, it's what allows you to make the gun that's right for you. You can have the, the right barrel lengths, the hand guards, the shapes, the the grips, the buttstock, everything. And um, there's a, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole lot of people who just, they want the gun that's for you, not a gun that you find off the rack, which is great. But if you want the one that's just right for you, then you build yourself. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, if I, I, I think about my AR, which is kind of sitting on the floor next week, so I'm going to bring it up uh, later in the, uh, in the show. Um, there's no two parts on there, two, two major parts assemblies that are from the same manufacturer. It's literally pieced together from all the stuff I wanted on it. The, uh, the, the Magpul, uh, ACSL buttstock, the, uh, uh, Troy four and the trigger, the, like everything is, uh, is specced out just to, uh, uh, just the stuff I wanted for the price or the, the features that I wanted kind of thing out of it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the things I got off you guys was, uh, an anti-walk, uh, uh, trigger pin set. Right. And that's, that's one thing that, again, there's a lot of these little things like, I could probably find those. I can't find it at Cabela's. I can't find it at uh, most gun stores, uh, like an, an anti-walk uh, pin set. But uh, you guys have them. You guys have more than a couple of them. You guys have a name brand one, a non-name brand one, and uh, uh, there's some variety. <laughs> and that's also where I can get magazines and uh, uh, magazine couplers and all that kind of stuff, right? 
Yeah. Um, as a shopper and somebody who gets into various uh, like weird niches where, you know, there's a very specialized set of things you need for it. I know the pain of going to these big box stores and you just know when you're walking in, there's no way they have this weird thing that I need. But you ask and you ask and they're like, I don't even, they, the guy doesn't even know what it is. So uh, I'm glad that uh, we, I'm glad that we took the approach that we did and focused on the AR-15 parts so that we could get right into the, uh, the, the really little, you know, long tail, what do they call it? Long tail or the very rare things that are, not that we have them all yet, but uh, when you specialize, you can go really deep and have things that are hard to find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, tell us about this uh, Shopify thing. So you guys are on this Shopify platform, Canadian uh, e-commerce platform out there. Um, we heard about an email that was going around to some gun shots. Can you tell us about, about that? Yeah. So um, for those who may not know, Shopify is basically a uh, all-in-one hosted e-commerce solution. So if one day you decide you want to sell uh, green tennis shoes, and uh, that you made in your basement or whatever your grandma made, you can go to Shopify and sign up and pay about uh, 30 US dollars a month and they'll give you a store. You'll have a, you'll be able to log into the back end, you know, uh, set up products, you know, post photos. It's kind of like your own little mini eBay where you can, you can charge whatever you want. Um, they even have an integrated payment system called, I think it's they using Stripe. And then, uh, basically, within a matter of hours, you can have your own little web store and people can go to it and buy things for real and then you ship them out and and you're in business. Um, so this is great. It was great for us at the time. We signed up uh, not knowing if we would be successful. I was working a regular day job and we just did it kind of for fun for beer money. Obviously, it went beyond that. But uh, at the time, it was uh, it was a great um, service to use because it's so cheap to get started and find out if you have a business. And I believe Shopify has in the range of hundreds of thousands of businesses that are on their platform. Uh, obviously, there's a, what do you call it, a Pareto distribution where there's a large number of stores that are medium and small and then a small number of very big stores that make it big. Um, but probably mm-hmm. the vast majority of their subscription fees are coming from these little stores. Anyway, I'm getting off track, but uh, back on track. We stuck with them for the last whatever it's been, two and three quarters of a year, two and a half years. And recently they sent out an email, uh, not directed at me, but it was just a mass mail. And it said, uh, I'll look it up, but it basically said, we have a new new terms of use and this may affect your store. And then there was a link to a webpage that said, uh, you know, we're no longer going to allow uh, certain products to be sold here. And then here's the list of products that are restricted. And the list of restricted products uh, was a very strange laundry list of things like semi-auto firearms that can accept a magazine bigger than 10 rounds, which is odd because if, if a gun can take a magazine, I think it can take any size magazine. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, if you're crafty enough. <laughs> the yeah. one that got me was the pistol grips that could go on a pistol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like extra extra pistol. The front foregrip you could and with it which with a rail is any any vert grip or any any grip that goes on a, a pick rail, right? <laughs> oh yeah. that one was weird. Yeah, so the the list goes on and it says um yeah, we won't allow um thumb hole stocks to be sold if they're for a semi-auto, but if they're not for a semi-auto, then it's fine. Yeah. It says um we're not gonna let you sell what else? Um, oh, obviously magazines bigger than 10 round capacity. Uh, give me a moment. Let me just try to find it. Yeah, it was, it was a, a real, really bizarre list because it didn't match anything out there. It didn't match like the laws in any place. Maybe it'll match the law in, in California or something. I don't know. It was really weird. 
I agree. Um, usually when a, at least in my experience, when a company doesn't like guns, they just kind of ban everything and say, okay, no guns, no ammo, no tanks. Uh, you know, no, thank you. We don't like to deal with that. But uh, in this case, the way Shopify has written their rules, it looks like many firearms would still be allowed, such as I think pump action shotguns would be just fine. Um, like a, a bolt action 50 BMG that does not have a threaded barrel um, because they say they don't like threaded, threaded barrels. Mm, yeah. Um, that threaded barrel threaded. is really dangerous. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that really hurts you. But if it doesn't have a threaded barrel, it just tickles. <laughs> yeah, really, uh, really odd list. Um, which, uh, I, but it's 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 big enough that it will like any gun gun store or uh, accessory store will definitely be hit with this thing. Yeah, and um, it doesn't exactly say how it'll be enforced. So, in um, to be clear, it doesn't say if your business sells this at all, you can't do it here. Although. I think there was a part where it said if you do these activities outside of Shopify, they might also um, have a problem with that. But um, mm. it appears as though if hypothetically my store was to come into compliance, I, I take these products off my store, then I could continue doing business with them. But uh, as we've just discussed, that's probably going to be most of my business. So I couldn't possibly stay with this platform with these rules. And uh, the other weird thing about it is they haven't... Um, specified how it'll be enforced like uh, are they going to check every two weeks on my store to you know and look at all 1000 of my products and then uh, then what happens if they find one that uh, violates the policy are they going to give me five days to remove it or two months to remove it or six months or are they going to turf your store yeah or really exactly would they freeze it would they turf me and uh, when I first heard about it, I started getting worried. Am I going to lose all my customer and product data? So the first thing I did at 10 o'clock at night was I went into my store admin panel. And I exported everything, my order history, my, all my product database, um, you know, just everything, all my, my sales records and reports and things like, you know, how many, how many pins did you sell on Thursday, May 10th, thing, all that stuff. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of information. It's all, it's a proprietary platform. So what are you going to do now? <laughs> What's your next step? Okay. Well, uh, my store is in a unique situation because it just so happens that around five or six weeks ago, we, we entered a relationship with a developer to build us a new website. Oh, so, you guys are ahead of the curve. Yeah, so, <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah. I guess that's lucky us. And it's not quite ready to launch yet. We were tentatively looking at next week, but, um, that may not work because of just my travel schedule. So, uh, but it's still it's still a concern though because I didn't know are they going to pull the plug on me tomorrow if they their uh, their search robot or search monkey finds a, a flash hider on my website. I don't know if I'll have any uh, interruption of business even if I do have a new website ready to go. Hmm. Um, so, are you going with uh, Magento or uh, WooCommerce or? Yeah, we're using Magento because uh, it is uh, especially suited to uh, dealing with the large number of products that we have. It's over a thousand now, and I expect it to grow significantly. Yeah, um, super customizable. Um, basically, your Swiss Army knife of e-commerce and open source, right? So, because it's open source, it's not like anyone can shut it down. Exactly. Or the the key is that it's self-hosted. So we pay a hosting company that, that nobody's probably ever heard of, and they will host our database and our code and everything. And uh, you know. And it's maybe uh, it's not immune to uh, to the mob demanding that they stop us from selling guns, but it's probably a little more resistant because simply nobody like how would you even find out who hosts it? You'd have to like really, you know, you, you have to be rather technically minded to dig into it. Yeah. And the web hosts have been dealing with activism for a longer period of time. 
and they their rules are typically uh, not hypocritical. They typically say, as long as it's legal, we leave it up. You guys have to throw a DMCA at us or something for us to take it down. So they have a policy um, for taking things down, and their normal MO is to leave everything up unless lawfully uh, obliged not to. Right, and that sounds like a good policy. It's uh, it was the the other thing that was weird about the Shopify policy is, you know, that Toby, the CEO of the company, went on record last year when people complained about them allowing Breitbart to sell T-shirts and things on their website. Toby said, "No, we don't want to re- restrict speech. We we believe commerce and selling products is a form of speech and expression, and it's not really our place to decide what's right and what's wrong." Uh, so they allowed that, and I I gave them a lot of respect for that. It seems like uh, kind of a reversal now to say that uh, what forward pistol grips are not allowed. Um, yeah, it's total hypocrisy. I mean, I've actually got the quote like right here. He said, we don't like Breitbart, but products are free speech and we are pro free speech. This means protecting the rights of organizations to use our platform, even if they're unpopular or if we disagree with their premise, as long as they're within the law. So for them to do this is like really hypocritical. Yeah. I, I suppose their views might evolve over time. Um, but I think they're going to find themselves in a very sticky situation where now they have to they have to review all the products that are being sold and decide, is this something that's potentially harmful? Because the reason he did he gave is that we don't want to allow uh, products to be sold on our platform that will be used to harm other people. He just said to harm. So he didn't exactly say he didn't delineate the the border between what might harm and what would. And if, if that's going to be their standard, well, then there are many products that can potentially harm uh, either the user or someone else. Um, you know, whether it be unhealthy products or dangerous uh, goods or even sporting goods or tools, things like that. Um, so uh, this uh, road that they're going down may be very complex and difficult for them to navigate. Yeah. And uh, costly because they have to, whereas before it's like if it's legal and no one's sending us a lawful uh, request to stop, we don't stop it. Now they have to pay people to police their platform and kick customers, pay, kick paying customers off. Yeah, that's true. Um, I suppose some of the enforcement may be due to people uh, uh, snitching on it. They have a snitch yeah. line that comes right off of their uh, their policy page. And uh, I believe that's how Facebook does it. So um, we used to have a Facebook page, but I, I closed it down because I didn't really want to invest in Facebook, knowing that their policy officially says you cannot really have a firearms business uh, promoting on there. Um, and I know many other businesses do, and they're probably going to get away with it for a long time. But um, at least what I've been told by a, um, one of these Facebook uh, advertising experts, he said, you know, it's just a matter of time before so- all somebody has to do is report you and then your whole site can be nuked. So oh, totally. I, think, yeah. I think the same might be the case with Shopify. You could maybe continue to operate on Shopify. Um, I'm not aware of anyone who's actually been nuked other than a couple of high profile uh, stores like Spike's Tactical and uh, Cody Wilson's DefCAD. But uh, nevertheless, if you did, if we did continue to operate or many of the other stores in Canada and the USA that are running on them, then they would be constantly at threat of getting shut down or getting getting an issue to shut down notice and the inconvenience that would come with that. Yeah, well, I mean, like they, they have they probably are making so much money that they have the luxury of choice. <laughs> if uh, if all the uh, if all the firearms businesses go to another platform uh, and that platform starts making money from this this niche, uh, they might not have those same views, right? If everyone were to move to one of the platforms out there, like WooCommerce or something like that, that was paid, or even uh, Magento, if there was a, a paid version of that, um, they would get to a point where, like, no, that's a, we make it a tidy little uh, amount of money from uh, from firearms businesses, and uh, 
that's our that's our customer, right? So we could get to a point where that where where you know we, we get end up with an e-commerce platform that uh, that likes us and appreciates us, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, although the danger there is if ever if it becomes known that this is a firearms friendly uh, platform, everybody goes there, and then soon, you know, maybe five years from now, they have different management or just they change their views, and then maybe they decide they want to boot everybody off. So maybe anything can really happen. Yeah, yeah, anything can happen, but. That's why there's eco, uh, open source stuff out there and uh, and other options. So, I mean, this isn't just you that this is impacting. I've actually got a list here. Uh, this is impacting Eagle Hunting Supplies, S&J Hardware, CTC, uh, TSE, Select Shooting Supplies, Durham Outdoors, Spectre Ballistics, MagDump, Alflarities, Rangeview Sports, Red Deer Shooting Center, Canada Gunworks, and Calgary Shooting Center. It's impacting a lot of different businesses out there. Um what would you estimate these guys have to pay for, for redevelopment of all these websites? Um, it's difficult to say. It would depend on how many products they have and how complex their store is. Um, if they have a fairly vanilla setup where it's just a list of products, photos, prices, um, and no customization at all, then they can probably get uh, some kind of a digital tool that will allow them to migrate to a new store. Um, and there are many, many uh, individual consultants and developers who are, I mean, they've been emailing me, they've been posting on gun nuts. They're saying, Hey, we, we see you're getting kicked off Shopify. I'll help you get to a new platform. So it may not cost that much, only, you know, a couple thousand dollars. If you just have a very basic website with no customization, you're going to, uh, you know, just pull out your products and drop it into another template and keep going. Um, for a store with a lot of customization or for, or, uh, fancy functionality, um, maybe they have a, wholesale or distribution channel to their store that goes along in parallel. Um, something like that, you know, the sky's the limit. It would probably cost again, the same amount, whatever they've invested into Shopify and then do that again in a different platform. Yeah, exactly. Um, th- my day job during the day is uh, uh, building websites and doing SEO. So yeah, I mean uh, like a real complicated e-commerce website, you're looking at a uh, hundred grand, 200 grand more if you want to like do some fancy integration with an ERP or something like that. So um, this is going to be very costly for the Canadian. Um, this is the unfortunate part. There's so many Canadian businesses that are going to be hurt by this platform, this, this uh, uh, policy change, and it's a Canadian company that's doing it. They are hurting so many different businesses by kicking them off the platform. And I, it's a proprietary platform. Like People do it because uh, it's a great platform. It does a lot of the, the great things that are kind of built in. The checkout process, you can't mess up. There's a lot of stuff in there that's really great. But uh, boy, this should really, if, if, there's, uh, if you're on Shopify right now and you have a product that like does not meet with their moral code, uh, look out because <laughs> this is a shot across the bow for everyone else out there. What if you sell knives? What if you sell, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, medicine or something like that, right? This is all possible to to end up biting you and uh, causing your investment in the platform to get, be obliterated, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of interesting notes about that. One is in Canada because businesses, I, I my perception is they're generally smaller. They have a smaller market to work with. So they don't have quite the economies of scale that you might in USA mm-hmm. to spend a lot of money on development. So Shopify being this very simple and easy to use and inexpensive platform was probably a, a haven for Canadian businesses, especially gun businesses that are, um, you know, they have other challenges to deal with like high capital costs. So um, it could potentially hurt them, you know, worse than it might have otherwise. If we, if we were in the USA where there's a lot more competition and you know bigger stores it might be might be easier that's uh maybe speculative on my part but um 
another interesting thing, I literally just got an email from Shopify on the uh, on this uh, very topic. Let me read it to you. Oh. Um, but, but we recently wrote to you to notify you of changes to our acceptable use policy to restrict the sale of certain firearms in certain parts. For impacted merchants with active stores on the Shopify platform prior to August 13th. So in other words, if you're not a new store that's opening up you know, just now, you will have until December 31st, 2008 to bring your account into compliance. And then accounts not in compliance after December 31st will be suspended. So that's probably going to be a relief to me, myself, and, um, and many other stores because uh, you've got a, at least, um, what is that, four and a bit months to, yeah. Yeah, yeah three, three and a half months, which is enough time to do an, uh, an okay e-commerce website out there. So, um, yeah, that's, that's good news. You heard it here first, folks. December. <laughs> yeah, that came out when literally just 10 minutes ago. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, that's that. That is reasonable. I mean, the policy isn't reasonable, but the, the timeline's reasonable. Yeah, the policy is quite weird, but I'm glad that they've um, been generous. Well, I mean, some people might disagree with me about the generous uh, timeline, but uh, uh, in my case, uh, giving until December 31st is plenty of time for me to get it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I mean, that sucks, but uh, sounds like you've already got a plan to uh, to get off onto uh, another platform out there. Um, why don't we uh, Why don't we put the Shopify conversation aside? What What else are you up to right now? Oh, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah. So next week, I'm going to the Conservative Party convention in Halifax. Now, normally, I'm not really a political guy. I don't, you know, I don't particularly enjoy talking to people in politics or or getting into it. But just by I'm, I'm compelled to do it because the, I feel there are certain things that I need to express. And I feel like going to the, um, getting involved is, is just one way to do that. So um, the reason I'm going to the convention is because I've put in a policy proposal that the party at this convention is going to consider putting into its platform. So if you're not familiar the, the conservative party and probably the other parties have maybe a hundred page PDF document where they outline all of their principles and, and specific policy uh, positions. Like, um, you know, in general, we support uh, self-governance and we believe in the rule of law and the charter. And then they get to really specific things like um, they might say, we believe in enforcing the, uh, the third country agreement as far as people irregularly crossing the border uh, and, you know, it can it can run from things that you might read and agree with right away, and you or you might read it and say, "Gee, I don't even know what that is. Is that re- that's related to some kind of a specific uh, issue that was two years ago and maybe doesn't even apply anymore?" But, but um, theory, at least in theory, people at the grassroots level can have their voices heard by proposing a policy that they might want to document, or you can modify and change what's already in the document. So I've put in a motion that would add, add a new statement under the, the section that, would be called um, self-defense. And the state- Zach, uh, Zach you're, you're cutting in and out just a little bit right now. Just uh, oh. give it a one second here. Okay. And then, okay, try again. Let's see how it goes now. How are you doing? Test, test, test. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, where was I? Basically, I put in a, po- a motion to add a policy to the Conservative Party's platform, and the policy would say the Conservative Party supports Canadians' lawful use of self-defense to defend uh, life, 
bodily integrity and property. So why did I, why did I write this or how did I come up with this? Um, I came up with this a couple of years ago when they had the previous convention, although it didn't make it, um, using some help from people on web forums. Um, basically, I feel that this would be a principle that would distinguish the party from others because it directly derives from the concept of self-reliance and self-determination. Uh, secondly, there's a lot of controversy in Canada about self-defense and is it really allowed or is it not allowed and can we use guns or other weapons for it? Mm -hmm. um, so I thought this would allow the Conservative Party. Now, I'm, I'm no Conservative Party cheerleader. This is just the party that I feel gives me the best chance to express this idea. Um, so this idea um, would give some clarity as to the party's position on it and would stand in contrast to some people in other parties and maybe even a couple in the blue party that feel that self-defense is a, um, like an obsolete concept and that maybe the, the state should take care of it for you. Um, yeah. Uh, or, or that, uh, I mean, they, they don't even really have a position on it. Just, uh, there are some people who, when they, when they hear the, the concept of self-defense, they just say, no, that's bad. That's like some kind of American thing or, uh, you know, that's violent or cowboy idea. Um, but no, I yeah, feel it's, call, you're, yeah, you're supposed to call the cops instead of, uh, instead of doing anything to defend your life or your, your, uh, um, property and that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. And we've seen a number of controversial cases where this has been the issue is, uh, you know, Ian Thompson was a good one and, uh, and others. Um, so uh, yeah, this is, uh, I guess that's what's going on with me. I'm going to go there and, and pitch this and see what people say. Um, and, and why did, why is it relevant to, um, to the slam fire podcast? Well, uh, there seems to be a rift in the, uh, firearms zoning community. Some people say, yeah, guns should be allowed for self-defense and that's a valid purpose. And then there are many others who say, oh no, no, it's not. Uh, you just want to be a cowboy and, uh, that's too dangerous. Or, or they just say that's not allowed here and it never will be. They don't really see a potential for a change in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or many people feel it's too controversial to bring that up, uh, thinking that, well, if I say that guns are for self-defense or that concealed carry might be allowed, that's way too far and, no, and people are just not going to allow that. So I won't even bring it up. Um, now my, my thoughts on that issue are that, um, absolutely self-defense should be, uh, considered a primary purpose for owning a firearm. And I mean, going back in history, likely it was the case. Um, and how does that apply today? Well, people are arguing for fewer or different firearm restrictions based on the fact that, uh, for example, I use it for hunting. I use it for my hobby. It's just a sport. It's just for fun. And then you can bring out all kinds of statistics that show that, that people with a pal don't, you know, they commit very, very few crimes and that's all true. And that's all great, but it's very hard to win the argument for de-restriction or a change of, of the law when you have, you know, tragedies like what happened uh, about a month ago when uh, a fellow was walking down the street in Toronto just shooting people at random. So when faced with let some nice people have their hobby or try to stop a bad man from shooting people at random and, the, and they die and people are all very sad, I feel it's very hard to convince people just to, to take on the public safety risk or perceived risk of allowing people to have guns at their disposal. Um, yeah, other other people to have guns at their disposal because this is a... Uh, rules for for you kind of a thing right yeah or or some people honestly sincerely feel that they themselves don't want to have one they don't want anyone to have them or maybe only the police should have them there's variations 
Um, whereas in contrast, if self-defense and perhaps the tools for self-defense was accepted as a as an avenue for you to exercise your right to your life and self-determination and security of your body and and maybe uh, third down the list to protect your property, then, well, I mean, how is it, how can it be considered reasonable to restrict your magazine capacity when you might be attacked by three people and you have to shoot 12 shots? Or how can it be reasonable to say that you cannot have um, a, a handgun with a barrel shorter than uh, four and four, four point so many inches when those may be more ideal for carrying concealed and protecting yourself in public where you're mm-hmm. most at risk. Uh, or similarly, how can it be reasonable to say that you have to wait 28 or more days to get a, a firearms license when perhaps a woman may be stalked by a violent uh, ex-boyfriend and she wishes to keep a firearm in the house to protect herself because he said he's going to come kill her and he's going to break down her door and so forth. Um, yeah. So yeah, so, very, uh, very compelling uh, ideas here. I mean, if if you buy a restricted firearm, they ask you every single time, is this for collecting or is this for target practice? And those are those are the two options. Yeah, exactly. And if I people, the rumor is if you said self-defense, they would just say, I'm sorry, sir, that's not a valid reason. And um well, I told them once I bought I bought them because they were cheap, and they're like they they made a made, they made a point to tell me that was the wrong answer. <laughs> I can't imagine what they would say if if I said oh, I've got a, a an ex boyfriend who's going to off me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's part of the problem is that um, uh, we've reversed the onus from uh, the government or the state telling you why you may not have it. Now you have to tell them why you should have it, and I think that's uh, I think that's wrong. I think it should be. I think they should have to give you a good reason or a judge or some due process should be required to remove that right from you because it's, like I said, a, a, a firearm and other weapons are, um, they're not always necessary. They're not always needed, but you don't necessarily know when they're going to be needed. And they, they are an ideal tool for self-defense and our, our police forces and uh, many other agencies know this and they, that's why they carry them because they're very effective for self-defense. Yeah, they don't carry around just the, the just their baton or just the taser, right? Yeah, or or any weapon really, depending on the circumstances. Um, unfortunately, even a baton would be illegal for a person to carry in Canada or even possess in their home because of section, I think it's section eighty eight of the criminal code. No, uh, no weapons for a purpose dangerous to a public peace, and public doesn't necessarily mean in public; it could be anywhere. Oh, our uh, our self defense laws are real weird. What else we got? We've got uh, no nunchucks. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> because because the nineties because nunchucks were badass in the nineties, therefore we can't have them right now. <laughs> you can imagine, like, if you were a criminal today and uh, you could carry a weapon, what would you carry? Nunchucks? Uh, I don't think it would come into the play. <laughs> but we've got these th- these laws on the books because of weird stuff that went on in the nineties. No no stare hogs because <laughs> too many movies had those in them, and the, it was always the bad guy that had a stare hog. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why we don't have ninja gangs anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's they clearly stomped out our ninja gangs. Yeah, no shuriken uh, wielding uh, uh, nunchaku uh, <laughs> street gangs on the on the streets these days. Yeah. So, well, does that answer your question? Policy in action. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I think we could talk even more here, but we're coming up on uh, on 40 minutes. Zach, it's, it's been a, a real pleasure. Um, take some time, plug your stuff. Where can people go to, to buy the products from you? 
Okay, well, um, to anyone who's into AR-15 rifles and uh, the whole platform, as well as modular rifles that accept AR-15 parts, our store at truenortharms.com tries to have a comprehensive selection of all the parts that might be needed for that kind of weapon, whether it's uh, building, maintaining, repairing, or just modifying. And we sell even a few complete guns. So uh, come in and check it out and read the descriptions and have a laugh and uh, a giggle. And um, you can also eat stickers on the way out. Yeah, buy some stickers. And if, if you're not sure what you need, if it's going to be compatible or not, or if you're trying to come up with a build and you don't know what parts you need, you can email us and one of us are going to help you out and help you figure out what you need. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on, Zach. It's, uh, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Have a good one. Thanks again, Zach from True North Arms. Um, I got a couple of things that I wanted to talk about here. One of them was a Shopify thing. Zach kind of covered that. Yep. Uh, another one was uh, kind of from your neck of the woods, kind of. Uh, okay. One of the yeah, an MPP uh, introduced a private members bill to curb gun violence in uh, Ontario, and their uh, their methodology for that is to allow cities to ban the sale of handgun ammunition. Right. So you're not you're allowed to own the gun, but you're not allowed to sell any ammo for it. Or I, buy it. Or buy. Right. You can mail order it still. Correct. <laughs> um, Which is where a lot of the deals happen anyways. You buy enough and you you, you buy a thousand and you and you get it shipped for free because you meet the, the minimum. Right. Huh. Hmm. The problem is, and so there's Right now, there's the chiefs of police that are meeting in Halifax, and even they agree right now. They've put out a statement saying that, you know what, banning guns is not going to work on what we're what we're trying to combat. Uh, yeah, so if you ban ammo sales, yeah. So it's not us that you're trying. Yeah, you guys, I'm preaching to the choir, right? Yeah, you're preaching to the choir. Right. So we're not we're not the ones that are are shooting people so it's just odd it's just really odd because you need a pal to buy ammunition right. you need to be a legal gun owner to buy ammunition they have a right. problem with gangs and gang right. shootings i don't think those guys have pals i don't think they have pals to go buy ammo no they don't so no no they're and if they eat let's say they do okay well they can just mail order it right they could drive out of the city to somewhere else to buy their ammo i'd assume if they have the handgun they got that illegally. They must have a way of getting ammo. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. They're they're using some interesting things with respect to ammo as well. Trying to make it fit. It's, into their... It just it speaks to a lack of knowledge about the laws and what we have in Canada when they start spouting right. that kind of nonsense. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to help. You know, the whole thing helping, not really. Yeah. They're not really helping, so they don't understand it. So if they can be educated a little bit, maybe they could understand that if we do some other things, for example, like, uh, I don't know, social programs for youth in inner city, you know, that might actually curb the violence. I'm just saying. Politicians don't know, don't need education to put together policy. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What, who, what kind of politicians have you been talking to? I know. Eh? Evidence-based but, policy. No, that's just a key. That's just a catchphrase. They don't actually I, do that. It's kind of interesting because I wonder who they're talking to. Because I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that they're not talking to the people who know what the hell they're talking about. No, clearly. Right? So they're talking to, and I do actually think that they're listening to people who have vested interest in it. Like, for example, a women's group, um, 
same sort of makeup as the uh, the citizens advisory committee, right? Those people don't understand what's going on though, or where the gun violence is coming from. Uh, same thing with the chiefs of police. They're actually starting to analyze it and they're recognizing and realizing it's not what, you know, people, the politicians are, are, you know, when we have an MP that has been put in charge of the guns and gangs. So you have a federal, a federal MP that's now a minister for, for guns and gangs, like how anyways, and he's even saying, you know what, gun banning, banning guns and firearms is not the answer. Here's what we need to do. And he's the guy that's now in charge. And he's a liberal, by the way, too, right? So anyways, so it's just, it's interesting. But they're not talking to the people that they should be talking to. The people who actually deal with inmates or deal with those that are, you know, uh, using these firearms in a legal way. They should come talk to me. Come talk to me. Anyways. No, set them straight. Yeah. Uh, how about another one? Okay. Uh, Montreal, Montreal set to press Ottawa for national handgun ban. Yeah, because Montreal. Uh, people who live in Montreal, they are not right. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> uh, that's uh, for feedback to Slamfire Radio. Send us to Slamfire Radio gmail.com. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Headline uh, Kelly, <laughs> I'm in Montreal. <laughs> I'm just saying, it, you know what, for those of you who are firearms owner in Montreal, I know some of you, by the way, uh, it is an uphill ba- battle, even more Don't so. Do you have an than, instructor who's from Montreal? Yeah, even <laughs> more so than, <laughs> two of them, um, even more so than the rest of Canada, because the laws in um, Quebec Go are back. really stupid, um, but they're even, it's, oh God, Trevor's probably going, where is this Kelly coming from? Anyways, um <laughs> But the laws in Quebec are are quite a bit more complicated. Uh, they are their own separate entity uh, again, because you know our laws are supposed to be across the country. Um, but in Montreal itself, uh, the misinformation there is horrific. Yeah, so I'm dealing yeah. with my own issues with that. So, anyways, yep. Yep. anyways, they're doing that, and uh, Toronto was pushing for theirs. Ford was saying, "Let's not do it." There's a bunch of noise going on right now. All the while, gun licenses are continuing to rise. Um, the gunblog.ca just put out a recent uh, article that talks about the uh, the number of gun licenses that have continued to risen. Um, both- oh, by the way, uh, yeah. sorry, the government is supporting that because of the fact that if you're going to apply to become an RCMP officer, border service agency officer, corrections or anything like that, you now need to have your CPIC, or sorry, your, um, your PAL and your RPAL before you apply. So thank you very oh, much good. to the government. Yeah, they're bumping Helping up. up. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for bumping up those numbers. I mean, they're going up quite a bit. The yeah, they um, are. country counted uh, 2.169 million individuals. Uh, and that's compared with 2.11 million uh, PAL holders at the end of December. So looks like we're gaining about 50,000 every quarter or so, which yeah. is a decent. That's a decent growth. I think... Um, I think a lot of the old school uh, people might not have even bothered getting their pal. They would have just been on a farm or out in some rural area. And they're like, yep. don't need it. No one's going to check anyways. Um, and now that um, we're continuing to urbanize, more people are just getting out of their pals because there's higher risk and uh, they, they want to follow the law. So yeah. <laughs> or, and we encourage uh, them to follow the law as well. Yeah, exactly. So they're uh, definitely getting more pals out there, more our pals and that kind of thing. So uh yeah, it's good to see that uh, that continued growth. And it's it's like it's it's unstopped. It's a continuous, slow, gradual 
uh, growth in uh, in gun ownership. So yep. good to see. Uh, if you do the numbers, okay, two million pal owners, more people have guns and use guns for their recreation than golf or yep. play hockey or, hockey. or do any other yeah. sport. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, uh, from the sporting use, it's uh, it's definitely there. Right. Uh, let's, uh, how do we get on to listener feedback? We've been kind of like checking in on, on the YouTube feedback here. Uh, Luke, Luke, uh, Godin was mentioning that he got a, a SIG 1911-22 and Paul Lombard was, uh, was great at giving him some instruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, some yeah, different people were asking for some prices on some of the stuff that we're selling. Again, email us at slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, let's see here. Some people talking about how you're being realistic about the, the life of me of a maple seed instructor. It's inc- <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Life it like, day. it's hard. You don't get to sleep, right? And it's long days, but you get to spend it with your friends and you, you, you meet probably some of the best people in the world you meet. Like I got to work with Carson all day. That was awesome. Like, yeah. It, yeah, uh, 60, 60 events. You guys are meeting a ton of people, a ton yeah. of people around the country. Yeah, we are. Yeah, so. Probably are a bunch of really great people. So, um, yep. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, uh, emails into the show. Uh, this is for the listener feedback section. Uh, yep. Listener feedback is sponsored by Highlander Tactical. Go to www.highlandertactical.com to check out the great supply of both outside and inside the waistband holsters today. Uh, I might need a Glock one. Hmm. <laughs> He's with retention. A clock yeah, one with say, retention, retention. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. uh, use promo promo code promo code Slamfire to check out uh, and save ten percent of your order. Uh, I want to take this first one from ES. Okay. Yep. Just looking at the Maple Seed score sheet posted for SFR episode two hundred sixty seven and using the math I was taught many years ago, the total of two forty three doesn't make sense. I can fully see this. Uh, okay, so long story short, yeah, there's a, a miscalculation by one. Who cares? Yeah, two forty four. Uh, let's see here. Next time Project Maple Seed is in my neighborhood, I'll donate a couple calculators. <laughs> Oof. Thanks. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that he he took an event. He went to an event as well. I wasn't at it, so um, but it was. Other oh, sorry. Yeah, that's it. his middle cap, his middle yeah. paragraph here. I, I skipped yeah. right over that one. Oh, get kind of like that. my total score of two six this past Monday. I was doing disappointed. I missed the rifle. Sorry, I'm taking over. I just, I just missed rifleman of two ten plus. Yes, it's, you have to score two ten or over. Um, but was even more disappointed when I went through the target and, re- and realized my true score was worse than my first two of one ninety four and one ninety five. Yeah. That's that's disappointing. What we what we do is we if anything is close, uh, we'll we'll go through it again. Um, but also recognize if there's one or two uh, instructors there, uh, we're really really busy, so we'll go through it really really quickly. Uh, and yes, calculators. We did have calculators in our in our box, but somehow those went missing. So we've been using phones or in our head, you know, our toes, our yeah, so, um, but you know what? Uh, we'll double check. We'll try and double check uh, those scores, especially the ones that are close as well. But don't get hung up on the score as well. I wanted to tell him because one ninety five and one ninety four are really, 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 almost really there. close. They're they're yeah. almost there, and it just means you know come back and see us and just practice. It might be the transitions, you know, pra- practice the transition or practice the make change, even just drive. Uh, drive firing 
but with a. I uh, think the the change. prone the prone. If you shoot the prone slow, yes. like that, yes. you it's double points. Yep. That's the one you have to shoot um, as clean as possible. Right. So if you don't get an eighty or above on that stage, you're not going to make rifle in. I do know that. So just take your time. And also it's a mental piece. 195 means it's a mental piece. So just know that you're going to the range, right? Adriel, you're going to the range with your friends, right? Having fun and a long, long day, but you're just going to go shoot. So get over that mental piece. And then you're, you're in Lake Flynn. For me, the thing that motivates me is don't drop. <laughs> this is just me. This might just be me. Okay. Uh, don't don't drop any points. <laughs> Make them all perfect. Because <laughs> so, I get lazy, right? Like with right. free gun, I get super lazy. I look at the target. It's like, it's close enough. Boom, and the trigger gets pressed. I don't even think about it, right? Right. Uh, whereas with Maple Seed, it was like, no, I got to think about this. Is this the perfect sight picture? Do right. I have it on a target? Am I ready to pull it? So, And that's, that's like super different than... Uh, uh, a lot of the three gun or even Ipsic in Ipsic you're shooting for a zone you like getting bullets touching in the a zone means you were going too slow so <laughs> but in maple state it's like no there's no such thing they they need to be great shots right, right. the whole thing is marksmanship but the other thing with respect to being in your head right is if maybe like for you making sure it's the perfect shot every time right but so maybe it's not the perfect shot the last one so you're still thinking about the last one instead of thinking about the first, the, the one that's coming up, right? The one that you're actually should be concentrating on there. That used that. to bother me. Used to like I used to dwell on things, but these days I don't. I'm I'm like I, if it's like a crap shot, it's like meh. Next yeah. one will be great. So yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me too much. But that's something I've had to like work yeah. on in, in my work life and personal life is like not worrying about stuff, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, really that that NPOA is is excellent as well. Like actually moving your body, so it's like now you're comfortable, now you're ready to make that right. shot, right? And that's the one thing. So we we do those exercises, those NPOA exercises. By the way, NPOA is natural point of aim. You pick up your body and you you actually move it. Uh, we ask you to do yeah, is if ju- like moving, like you can't right. just move the rifle. You have right. to move your, move body, your body and then the rifle will be like naturally like super relaxed and aimed at it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just explaining it in my own way. <laughs> no, uh, that's what you should be doing because you were able to do it. You got it, right? So, but what we do see is I watch people. I watch people's butts. Yes, I do. Um, but they're not moving. So. <laughs> 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 so I keep saying, move your butt. Oh, I'm glad you didn't tell me that on the range. Angel, your butt's not moving enough. <laughs> Yeah, I've been told by HR that I have to stop using that phrase. (laughs) I'm watching your butts. Uh, They're not moving. (laughs) Oh, boy. Why don't you do this next one from Justin? Okay, it's from Justin. I was wondering what accessories the host host that plans on putting on a 180C. Oh, okay. I know Trevor is pretty against it and pro SLR. Yeah, sure. Um, but I'm wondering what Adriel and maybe the others are planning on doing. So, uh, so if you weren't on Instagram or <laughs> basically <laughs> any social media that Trevor has access to, and he could brag that uh, he got his 180 before I did. Yeah. <laughs> right from uh, Matt uh, Hipwell from Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> you got yep. it right from the source, right from the boss, man. Uh, yeah, so he has one of those two now. <laughs> right. I'm not sure what he's putting on his. Uh, I'm going to put, I've got a Vortex 1 to 4 I'm going to be putting on mine. I have uh, an RRA 2 stage national match. 
and I'm going to shoot some coyotes with mine. And if it's accurate enough, I might shoot three gun with it because I don't mind the idea of um, ripping on the charging handle instead of hitting a, a bolt release. It's, yeah. not, it's not really any slower. It might actually be faster because you, you catch it easier than trying to hit that tiny little paddle. Um, and it's piston, so it won't be as dirty. Like I, I clean my AR. I don't need to, but I clean it every time after after the range. And uh, a lot of the time, that it's like really crusted up with carbon on the uh, on the bolt and inside the BCG, uh, and that's because it's that uh, uh, DI action, right? Rather than a, a piston action. So, yeah, maybe. And it's super light. I love the foreign they put on it. Uh, I have the Troy Alpha on my on my AR and uh, it's great, but it, this is like the older generation of uh, handguards is not as slim as some of the other ones. And uh, the uh, WK one you see is quite a bit slimmer than this one. Um, so, which is interesting. Did I show this trigger? Did I show this new trigger? I got no, no, is that that's the new Timini trigger, isn't it? This is yeah. the Timney Calvin yeah. elite. Oh man. It's pretty. Kyle, one of these, one of the three gun guys from grand Prairie, uh, he runs Lunatic Tactical, and uh, uh, I was having trigger problems at uh, at the three gun match in BC. And he's like, "I got this Timney trigger for sale," and he had it for sale for a pretty good price. Okay, I was going to say, and I was like, ah, "I don't know, I don't think so." And then he came out to the Edmonton event. And he's like, uh, "This trigger, did you want to review it? And then if you want to keep it, just pay for it. And if you don't, just send it back." And I'm like, "Oh, you got me." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you know, yeah. if, you, if you review it, you're never giving it back, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, now it's installed in the rifle, yeah. and it's so good. Oh my god! So this is this is a one point one and a half pound trigger. Take a look at this. Just just it's single stage as well, so there's no yeah. take up with it, right? Okay, there's there's the trigger pull, and yeah. uh, here let's see the reset, the reset here. Yeah, yeah. So there's a reset, and then there's a trigger pull. <laughs> <laughs> It's so light. One of the things with three gun, like I was mentioning before, we have cardboard targets. You double tap them. You right. double tap them. You don't do a controlled pair in Ipsic where you want those two alphas. You go bah, 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 and then you just like you you crank those shots out on it. And uh, this trigger is going to do that. <laughs> it's so light. It's going to be so easy to dance on that thing and get those uh, those two shots out. Um, I'm not putting that on on the WK though. I'm putting a two stage on it because uh, shooting coyotes will have time to do the take up and and take a yeah. really nice clean shot. It's still a light trigger. Um, what else would I want to put on that thing? Maybe a sling. I'll probably put a couple of QD mounts on it so I can really easily put a two point sling. I really like to sling my uh, my rifle across the chest like this. Sorry for the podcast listeners. Uh, I'm aiming it down and to my left across my chest. And the whole idea with this is it's 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 very comfortable to carry. Uh, not quite as on the back, but uh, but comfortable enough. And it very easily comes up into the shoulder because so. it's sitting right there. I have to move it because there's a table in front of me. But otherwise, you just pop it up and away you, you go, right? Yeah. yeah. Other than that... <clears throat> I don't think I'm, I'm really going to need to replace anything. The, the the barrel. I've seen some groups from some people who I respect at shooting uh, who are getting around an inch and a half. That's good enough. Good yeah. enough. Yeah, that'll do it. So uh, that's all I'm planning for accessories. Maybe a grip. Maybe a grip. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. I don't really care about that stuff. I care well, about I like the accuracy and the, the optics on it. And I've got a, a great optic that I uh, picked up from actually Tyler from a different uh, podcast. Yep. Yep. So I 
yeah, you got that at a good deal too, right? Yes, I did. And that's a great optic. I love that, uh, that Vortex Viper optic. Right. Oh, let's see here from Edmund. Whoa, awesome shooting there, Adriel. That's one heck of a score. I don't know if I'm starting to get senile in my middle age, but it looks <laughs> like you shorted yourself. <laughs> I calculate 244 on your last start. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm surprised we have so many hard. listeners who looked at it and are like, hmm, that th-, like I'm going to calculate this <laughs> and like pointed yeah. it out. <laughs> and by the way, you guys weren't uh, the first. We uh, had somebody else look at it and they're going, uh-huh. ah, and then we're mm-hmm. going, yeah, that's not correct. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, and I totally don't care. Anything over a 237 I would have taken. A 238 and I would have been, been like happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. You guys got to score. How many targets you guys got to score? 60? 60 targets? Yeah. yeah, yeah so geez, that's we like... generally do... So if there's 15 participants, right, and we're doing three MQTs a piece, right? Yeah. So no. Yeah. So 45, 45 to 60, 45, depending on how depending many, on how many we have. do. Yeah. 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 Uh, a couple of questions for Kelly. Does yeah. maple seed or apple seed mm-hmm. can count V-bulls in the scores? It would come in handy for tie-breaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, say if a very competitive Slamfire radio host <laughs> were to put a lot of effort into tying Adriel's score... V-Bulls could be used to determine who's still Slam Fire, Maple Seed, King, or Queen. Uh, are there more classifications other than Rifleman? A score like Adriel's should make him a Rifle Master. Thanks, guys and gal, for another great episode. I'll have to find some time to take part in a Maple Seed, Edmund. Yeah, Edmund, we'd love to see you. So, V-Bulls, do you count? The same, they're just like other competitions, right? It's the same point value. However, yes. So, if we have two people who scored the same amount, uh, whether it's like a, let's say they scored a 210, and this guy over here has three V-Bulls, and this guy has two, well, he's going to have the higher. But really, you're competing with yourself. Now, if yeah, we it's, had... It's not, a, it's not a head-to-head. That's a thing, no, right? That's Even though not, there, there right. are V-Bulls on there, I don't think that's like a... No. That's just a nice to know that they've got V-Bulls. Really, right. you're looking at the the scoring ring on, and whether you've got right. the hits in there or not, right? Right. However, he did say if there's another Slamfire host who's very competitive, we don't know anybody like that. But if he did decide that he wanted to actually challenge Adriel's, and I'm saying he uh, did want to try and challenge Adriel's score, then absolutely. Right. But is he going to do it with Bolt? Right. A bolt action and a Renko? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. He, he'd have to do it with that. <laughs> so, or or I, I with think- WK180. <laughs> yeah i'd accept that as well yeah Anyways. but and and he said is there other classifications for riflemen no there's not however we have been discussing a 240 club so adrian mm. will be part of that and with that i don't know we have to come up with something we were thinking about maybe a different patch like the gold patch that would be awesome I don't know. Gold. Solid gold. gold. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Or bolt. If you you see an error in our, uh, in something that we posted in one of the pictures, send this, send this show an email at slamfireradio at gmail.com. Did you want to take this? uh, Did you want to take this iTunes review? Sure. But I am sure that they, if they did notice it, they would send us email because that's what our (laughs) listeners do. Awesome. I'm pretty sure this listener um, you guys saw in, Lethbridge. I'm pretty uh, sure I know who this is. Okay, great. Because I didn't see him because I'm sitting right here. Lethbridge is uh, Rick and Kevin mm-hmm. were in there. And Mario. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, did you see the picture of uh, Kevin Mario and uh, sorry, listeners, Kevin Mario and uh, Rick at so they were staying at uh, Yolanda's place and they they take Trevor in it. So, anyways. <laughs> All right, iTunes reviews. This is from Scott N. Hi, Scott. And it's a five-star review, and the title is Great Show. He says, best podcart I've ever had the privilege of listening to. Well, thank you, <laughs> podcart. We are the best podcart. Yeah. We are. And podcast, the number one podcast in yes. Canada, yes, according to our numbers. Because we have metrics. We have metrics and numbers. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you have any shout-outs, Kelly? I have a ton. Do I need, do you have any? Cause I'll go, no, go, go, go. Okay. Go. All right. So here's, here's who we have. Uh, I wanted to say thank you to Tango Griff, Ryan, B temps. Uh, we got uh, Mike Schmidt and we also have Chris Walls and Greg May. Uh, those were some of our IITs that helped us out on our trip uh, out West. We have uh, Sean Sally. Uh, Sean actually wrote an email into the show about his maple seed experience as well. He's a, he's a CCFR field officer. He is somebody who works with some of the best shooters in Canada. And he is an awesome guy. I just wanted to say that I was very happy to meet you. Uh, Jason Phelps and family. I just wanted to say uh, thanks for coming out. Uh, Jason, thanks for bringing your girls. They were amazing. Uh, Nolan and Anika. I keep saying Annika, but it's not. It's Annika. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Nolan for helping set us up at BTSA. And also, Annika, I loved meeting you. You're awesome. Uh, Adriel and your wife, Amy, thanks for putting us up and also putting up with us because I know that it was difficult. <laughs> um, no, it's not. You guys are super like respectful hosts or uh, guests. Oh. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, Andy Blundell, I wanted to say thank you to you, Chris uh, Kemble, uh, Craig Norman, uh, Bill Ennis, and his son, he brought his son Steve, or sorry, not Steve, Sean, uh, Colin Holland. Uh, those were some of the listeners that we have uh, that were at the events. Uh, uh, Tony and Aaron T. Tony is somebody who actually is looking at submitting uh, Slamfire Radio logo contest. We forgot to talk about that. Um, Mm. He's going to be submitting for that. He came out to the uh, pub night with us as well, as well as Aaron, his wife. Aaron is a brand new shooter and she did freaking amazing. I think she actually ended up with a 150 by the end of the day and she rocked it. It was awesome. Uh, Brian Rantz, uh, Ryan Shelberg, uh, his son, Kobe, he brought him out. They're from Wolverine, uh, by the way. James Hogue. Now, James is one of our, he's a great, great guy, by the way, and he's a listener. So at uh, 6.30, was it 6.30 or 7 in the morning on uh, in Winnipeg? Remember, we had an hour and a half uh, of sleep. And we hear Trevor's voice blaring, right? Uh, James was listening to the, the podcast as he was driving into the Maple Seed. So we got to listen to Trevor <laughs> at 7. <laughs> Six thirty in the morning. <laughs> Anyways, so. uh, that must have been uh, a little bit odd. Yeah, <laughs> thought we left and, him behind. <laughs> yeah, and James uh, came out with his wife as well to the um, uh, the pub night as well, and so he got to meet Trevor too. So it was pretty awesome. Uh, Adrian and Kelly Robertson, I just wanted to say thank you for helping us out at Winnipeg, and also Brendan, our RSO 
connection for the uh, Winnipeg sh- Winnipeg Rage. He was freaking amazing. I gave him a shirt too because of the fact that uh, you know he he was so amazing. So maybe he's turning in to listen to. So those are some of the people that I met that are listeners. I don't think that I got everybody, but I if I missed you, I apologize. So I just wanted to say hello to everybody, give you shout outs. You can only That's remember it. so much after 40 hours of driving. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 All right. What about you? Uh, all the guys that helped uh, set up and take down for Chaz three gun, all the new shooters that came out. Uh, thank you for coming out. It was uh, really uh, interesting. I was, um, I'm actually talking with some of the other match directors of three gun across the country. And uh, I think we've got a pretty good club because most, we have a ton of people who help uh, set up and take down every day. When we do our shoots, we don't pay ROs or anything like that. We just rely on volunteers and uh, uh, we're spoiled for the amount of help that we get. Can I say something? Yeah. Chaz was the only range where everybody stayed and helped tear down the range. So I think that your range is incredible. Like the, and it was everybody, it was a weird shoot because of the fact that it didn't go public because everybody who got the link, like we send it to the clubs prior to, right. And say, if any of your members want to to sign up, then we'll release it to the public. So your members all signed up for it and everybody knew each other and everybody was teasing each other. And it was a really fun shoot. Everybody was laughing and it was fun. So, and then, yeah. and then again, everybody stayed at the end and, and helped tear down. So that was pretty awesome. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. No, it was uh, uh, our, our pleasure to have you guys out. It was, um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Really great to, uh, uh, to get you guys out and uh, and have an event like that at the range. I think um, it's so interesting, you know, get, getting more of those kinds of events out. It, uh, it really broadens the uh, horizons for the membership. Um, I think we, de- like we definitely have a huge demand uh, in the Edmonton area and probably Calgary uh, for this kind of thing. And uh, I really want to make it a priority to uh, get more, Albertan instructors going for for maple yeah. seed because uh, just because there's 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 such a demand out here we've we've got the population right we've got a million people in Edmonton and you know yeah. uh, a million plus in Calgary and uh, there's enough people to make for a lot of maple seed uh, uh, maple seeds out here and, uh, and you know fill fill that uh, fill that gap of uh, providing marksmanship out in Alberta so yeah. super uh, super interesting to see what will happen there yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Ah, Patreon. Yes, we have that uh, Patreon thing. So if you sign up for our Patreon, uh, you will see that we, um, uh, we provide some interesting things for you. There are some uh, Patreon only episodes that uh, they can get access to. And as well, we also, um, for people who sign up, we'll send you a patch and a sticker in the mail. And if you have been there long enough, uh, we might send you a t-shirt or deliver it in person. That's more likely at this point, (laughs) but I promise I have some boxes that I need to send out and I will send them out. (laughs) I just have a a lot of other things that kind of get in the way sometimes. Uh, In terms of Patreon, Mr. Dave uh, W is one of our newest Patreons and uh, they have chosen to donate uh, 5.56 every month. So $5.56 every month. So again, we use that money for uh, flying us around the country and uh, uh, helping out the uh, hosts with audio equipment and that kind of thing. Right. So, Actually, uh, it, 
Sorry, mm-hmm. just Dave. Dave was already a Patreon. He just switched uh, a bunch of stuff. So he just uh, he upped the ante, basically. So it shows as a new one, but he's Up not. the ante to a new level. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. If you want to uh, support the show, go over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio or go to slamfire radio.com. We got a button on the left or something like that. It's very yep. easy to find. Uh, finally, please join one or more of our National Firearms Associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. We're at 1961. We're getting close to the Magic 2000. Woohoo! Fancy. Should and we have, like, uh, a moment when we get to 2000. Hmm. Yeah. Especially if we beat like some sort of local library, that would be excellent as well. <laughs> yeah. That would, uh, I don't know if we're competing with any libraries right now. There's probably some libraries that just like have us down cold. Well, but, uh, but... I would like to beat some sort of local library at some point at that 2000 mark. That would okay. be a mark of excellence for us. <laughs> uh, finally, good night, everyone. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.